0: Hello there, Dawkins, Christopher Dawkins. It is I, Bob Sham, for a new episode of Documenteers. There is usually probably a 30 for 30 around this time. 30 for 30s will come very soon, where we will bring you Muhammad and Larry. We'll get it in your ear holes soon. But tonight, it is Johnny and I. So we're getting into some weird religious stuff, some maybe... Weird, holistic, uh, pseudo-crazy stuff with the film A Hole in the Head by director Eli Kabilio, And the film is about trepanation. Trepanation is a procedure where people would get holes cut into their head. This movie is 100% free to just stream. There's a version of it on YouTube, A Hole in the Head from 1998. And you can just go watch this. It's free to everyone. Check it out. Not a lot of views on it. It's a deep cut thing, but we learn a lot from it too. Like, don't drill holes in your head. Maybe we already knew that. But there is a scene in a tribe where someone gets their skull. We won't call it a clean hole. It was like they were getting their skull pulled apart. But yeah, that is in there and it's relatively early. So just be prepared for that. Maybe don't eat like any pastas with red sauce or anything while you're watching something like that, give us five stars on iTunes. That really helps us out and it makes us love you. You can throw us a little review if you would like. Rate us good on any app that you're listening to, really. And that is that, Jack. Let's get into some drilling with A Hole in the Head by Eli Cabillo. Keep on docking. Now, here is a motion picture film, 1,000 feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel.
1: Making the film was a sort of mantra. Now I just have to clean up and wait and see what happens.
0: Johnny, have you ever, say, walk through a park and you walk by a, an intramural softball game and you thought about how a ball could just hit you in the head and you thought to yourself, it's not dangerous enough for me to walk by this softball game. I need to do something to make it a little more dangerous.
1: Like working construction without a hard hat?
0: Yes. And if you work construction without a hard hat, you could achieve the goal that a lot of people pursued in this next documentary that we are going to discuss. What's up, docs? This is Documenteers in association with the Center for the Documentation of Documentaries, who are studying very scientifically about all the documentaries and our revolutionary rating system that we rate these documentaries under until the end of time. I don't know if the Bible will make it a thousand years more. It probably will. It's hung in there pretty good. But these Herzog ratings, I think it's going to. Start a new religion in the future. Damn. And we are going to be the messiahs. So eventually we're going to make a
1: documentary about ourselves. Yeah. And then review that documentary on Documenteers.
0: The Documenteers will probably need to document something. That'll be further down the road. We get comfortable in our seats here and how we take this to the next level. Who knows? But folks, we are thinking about it and you might get docked. There's a Lou Reed documentary in the works. Someone explained to me that "docs" also means when someone exposes all your information online. So you can be
1: flooded with hateful messages or just enough messages to crash your server. There's a lot of reasons for doxing.
0: Our docs is positive. It's about the love and appreciation of documentaries. Mm. We're going to take that positivity and we're going to say that term, that internet exposing, shitting on people term. Garbage. Outdated.
1: We're doxing with love.
0: We're doxing with love. And unlike we- <laughs> well, I mean, we didn't do that for American Jedi. We gotta be honest when we're <laughs> with how we feel about things. <laughs> Johnny, you're on this episode because we tend to focus, with few exceptions in the future, on religious and spiritual movements. And in this case, maybe uh what do you call it? Alternative medicinal theories? Depends on who you talk to. Some would call it pseudoscience. Like me, I would call it that. (laughs) We are talking about a film that came out in, I believe, 1998 called A Hole in the Head. I think it was also called Heartbeat in the Brain. And maybe in some countries. I didn't catch that. It was at the end of the movie. It credited as Heartbeat in the Brain. Back when that sweet Euro techno song was playing. Oh my gosh. We got to find that song. I'll find that song. A Hole in the Head by Eli Cabilio, And this won a Best Documentary Prize in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, I guess a little bit after it came out, the year or two after. I don't know what other documentaries were going on. It's New York, so there's probably like three other documentary festivals going on at the exact same time. A Hole in the Head, The Lost Art of Trepanation. What is trepanation, Johnny?
1: Well, according to the historians and the... Trepanation advocates, the people who have actually done it in this video, and doctors, it's one of the earliest and oldest surgical procedures that exists. Aside from amputation, the removal of a limb, the other widely practiced surgical procedure before modern medicine was drilling a hole through somebody's skull. Or as you see in the beginning of the doc, just cutting someone's head open and just breaking out pieces (laughs) of their skull. It was often done because there was too much blood in the brain. Like when someone got a head injury, they needed to let some of that pressure out. It was done to let out demons in medieval times. That makes
0: sense. Yeah.
1: And apparently in this one tribe in Africa that they filmed, or they used footage from a trepanation procedure, it was used to treat everything from like brain cancer to headaches. Apparently it used to be a cure-all. And to some people, it kind of still is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in my notes, I have very few names and a lot of random quotes. There's a lot of uh, talking heads because it's explaining an ancient procedure. We encounter one person who had the operation done after she was in an accident. And a doctor, a neurological doctor, or a brain doctor, I can't remember specifically, he describes the process very skeptically based on how others describe trepanation But he acknowledges that when you're in um, maybe a car accident, depending on how you're injured, that something like this can have some use to it. But that's after you've maybe uh, had a terrible head injury or something like that, and not just because I feel down, I want to drill a hole in my head. Which is what
1: trepanation advocates are pushing—that there is not enough blood going to the head; that we need more blood. To get more oxygen in our brains. Now, when we're born, our skulls are separate. It has not grown together yet. So it allows the membrane to pulse around the brain. They believe that it just takes a small hole to allow that pulsation to reoccur.
0: There's a term for that, the soft spot thing. Uh, We're going to be on Fontenelle. I live not too far from the Fontenelle mansion. That's true. Went to go see Brian Wilson at the Fontenelle. How was that?
1: Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, cool. Brian fucking Wilson. Never been to
0: the Fontenelle. Not far.
1: It's called something else now. I forget what it's called now.
0: Fontanelle's a venue. And I think it's a... Isn't it supposed to be like a restaurant, winery kind of place, too? Hell if I know. I don't know. We see a lady.
1: I was pleased that I decided to make a movie. Because it turned out a great help. The double function helping me to detach myself... From the natural reluctance I felt to be subject to such a happening.
0: She's covered in her own blood. God. And uh, she's she's bandaging herself up. Wiping she's... blood off of her face. Now, as far as directing a movie goes, it looks like it spans the mid-70s to the mid-90s. Shots of people discussing things. Even the type of camera seems different. I don't think this director, there's no way could have physically shot every... Thing that we're seeing here. No, this seems like a mishmash of found footage. It is. It's a found footage documentary. We'll debate later how well put together it is. But it's it, this documentary uh, seems to be from a director's perspective, more of an editing process. People are explaining pros and cons, a lot of pros in the spiritual aspects of this thing. But it's not. Let's follow this guy around on his day who has a hole in his head. We see a lot of people, there's this British talk show that looks very nineties. There's an art dealer, Peter Halverson. He's talking about how he's self trepanned. I think that's the word that was used. Yes, he is self trepanned.
1: There's Peter Halverson and he's from Pennsylvania. He's one of the few Americans on the show in the documentary.
0: It's explained to us that trepanation, evidence of trepanation, has gone back to 8,000 years based on evidence that they've found. Trepanation was common at certain periods of humanity around 3,000 BC. Ancient world did a lot. In the U.S., the largest trepanation skull collection in the U.S. is apparently from Peru. We see a guy holding up all these skulls. And these, are, these aren't these are like these little holes. No, it No, looked- these were not drilled. It looked like people were just getting their heads bashed in with rocks based on what we're seeing of these skulls.
1: Well, I forget the guy's name, but what he said was that most of these people obviously died directly after the procedure. He showed us one skull where there was just a bunch of hack marks. It looks like it had just been sawed in quite a few different directions, and they took a square piece out of the skull. But it's clear that he died because these saw marks around the hole had not calcified. So they they still looked fresh. So even though it's been done for a long time, it has not always been a successful or safe procedure.
0: I'm not sure what was going on in ancient Peru, but those holes look big enough to put a penis in. <laughs> there was a 40% survival rate in I'm the ancient... Even, I'm not even not touching that body. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a 40% survival rate Of trepidation in the ancient world, as far as, like, an ancient procedure of someone carving out... 40%? 40%. Jeez. Which is low, but a lot higher than you might think. It's real safe for primitive medicine. And it wouldn't be too long in the ancient world where that would actually go up. It would eventually average out to 70%, archaeologists or anthropologists claim. Gosh, I don't know what the the rate of survival in childbirth was a very high back then. So... True. Getting a hole cut out of your skull uh, might be a little safer than childbirth in many parts of the ancient world. There are accounts from the 1890s of tribal trepanation. Woo, here we go. Uh, Footage of this tribe. They don't clarify exactly where the tribe is from, I don't think. Did you catch anything like that? No. No, I didn't catch where. They used the term outback, but they don't look exactly like... Uh, Australian Aboriginals hmm. uh, I assume it's an African tribe, but of course it doesn't specify where in Africa looks a little more like the backwoods version. This is film footage that is put into this movie it doesn't clarify what part because it's we we were discussing this before we started recording talking about Black Panther and stuff about how so much of of uh African culture is filtered through European eyes. This represents why we don't know this shit, because they're just like, uh, Africa
1: here. This documentary could have easily been made by someone who thought Africa was a country.
0: But it could be that this footage that Eli, the director, found probably did not really clarify.
1: Entirely possible.
0: But you could tell that he wants to use this footage because it shows... Because it's really gross. Like a shamanistic uh, witch doctor performing... I said shamanistic. I don't know if that's the right word. But the guy is like a witch doctor. He's described as a witch doctor. He's performing trepanation on this tribe. And this takes place in the 20th century. They're doing this to a lady.
1: God, that was hard to watch.
0: And, yeah, uh, (laughs) parental advisory on this one. Don't don't show this to your kids. You can look up A Hole in the Head on YouTube and watch this for free. That's a big reason why we're doing it, because it's very accessible. It's not behind a paywall or anything like that. But they're doing this to a lady. Later in the movie, we get people who are describing, like, making little incisions and, like, drilling a hole in their head. This uh, witch doctor is straight up s- scalping and pulling apart. Looks like these, like, scraping out blood vessels that are attached <laughs> to the skull. I know, I'm, like, bawling up inside of myself just and talking about basically,
1: this. Basically, using any tool imaginable, which may or may not be sterilized... Using sharpened rocks? Yes. Uh, Pieces of tin cans? Just
0: homemade shanks? I watched this scene with Angela, and uh, it's always fun to hear her react uh, to these kind of things. Oh, God, I imagine. But, yeah, they're cutting this lady's head, and then after they do their thing, and they, like, flop that skin back together, but there's still, like, a big wound. They're using warthog fat to dress the wound.
1: After they have... Broken pieces of the skull back with their bare hands. The narrator said that this procedure can take up to seven hours. Good. Without anesthesia. And And the the, survival rate is in the 90s.
0: Yeah. This is good for headaches. Did you know that? You know, if you got a headache, just have someone like scalp you and take a rock to your skull bone. Uh, Let me tell you, you won't even notice that headache.
1: Throw some warthog fat on it. and. Stitch it together with banana
0: leaves. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote in my um, notes, that's too big. (laughs) (laughs) They show another guy who had been trepanned before separately. He takes a hat off of his head. His skull is pretty much split, like, down the middle. It's like a concave mohawk. It's fucking rough. This guy, it's basically like a big wound. His brain is just under some skin. And some of these people in this tribe are they're having this done multiple times. This guy is literally missing the plate of his skull. It's like a mohawk. It's like that space where a mohawk would be. There is no skull bone
1: there. It starts at the hairline and goes all the way back. It's terrifying.
0: <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> Fortunately, it doesn't get too much worse than that. It uh, really does not. They really like they really bring it out. I think maybe as a director, I would have like somehow stuck that at the end. Not going to lie, it sucks you in. (laughs) It sucks you in. Just like that, oh my god, I can't
1: believe I just saw that.
0: Now, there's a lot of theories as to many reasons that trepanation is done. The reason changes depending on the era. In middle-aged Europe, it was fairly common, and it was said, you said this before, to release demons. I would just be like, make yourself throw up. It seems a little better.
1: But the demons aren't in your stomach, they're in your brain, Bobby.
0: Scientists and anthropologists, they say there's no one singular reason often why this is done. Often in the ancient world, it's almost considered a cure-all for a lot of shit. There's, and there's many reasons why it was done in many parts of the world that we really just don't know yet.
1: One medical history expert had suggested that in medieval times, the Catholic monk haircut, where it's shaved in the middle
0: they've been trepanned.
1: It arose from a time when trepanation was common.
0: Oh wow. Monks would do this procedure. Yes. We see a lot of cool medieval era paintings. I like that stuff. But a lot of people at that time would claim that it cures insanity. And insanity was a huge fear in these uh medieval and ancient worlds. Our infrastructure now for dealing with mental health issues is not very good. But back then, if you went crazy, then that's it. They just chopped a piece of your skull out. Yeah. Or just wait until you do something terrible and like draw and quarter you. But it was a legitimate fear because that was like the sickness you couldn't see. And so we
1: meet one of the first trepanation advocates, Bart Hugis.
0: This guy's great. Is he the... I believe he's Dutch. Is he the one in the yellow sweater?
1: Yes, yes. He's the old guy.
0: He had this expression on his face that was like, I have holes in my head.
1: <laughs> Not unlike Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just this, is he in some sort of meditative reverie, or is he just slap-ass nuts?
0: I, he, this guy has a, a
1: very Timothy Leary quality to But him. I believe it was Joe Mellon, who we'll talk about later, one of the other early trepanation advocates, who described him as... The sanest man I've ever met.
0: (laughs) Yes. I like how I cut in like we need somebody to vouch for this person. And they say the the things that are very positive, but still extremely general. Like, have you uh, taken inventory of the rank of sanity for everyone in your life that you've ever met?
1: Or like, oh yeah, this guy has a hole in his head. What does he do with his life? It's like
0: Donald Trump's doctor. How he's like, he he can't just be like, well, he's in fine health. It's like he is the healthiest human being that has ever walked the earth. That's the second time in this podcast I've mentioned Donald Trump's. Doctor. We're going into all of these with a lot of skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in past we So We mentioned Trump at least once per episode <laughs> it seems. Look, you know, you can make your own theories on evangelism. You can maybe figure <laughs> out your own walk with the Jedi path. Don't drill fucking holes in your skull. <laughs> Just don't fucking Just do don't. it.
1: So we also meet Jenny Gothorn Hardy, a friend of Joe Mellon's, and they're all talking about how good trepanation is, how good it is for you. And I wrote down in all caps
0: do these guys have jobs? That's a question I ask a lot. In what? Life. Whenever somebody's just doing something that seems to be expensive because everything costs money. Oh, man. Like when they're sleeping all day. Unless you're doing the procedure yourself. Yeah, which some people do. But this guy, the the yellow sweater, what's his name again? Bart Hugus. Bart Hugus. He references a lot of uh, about drugs as well. Smoking mm-hmm. marijuana, psychedelics. He's like the Dutch, well, we think he's Dutch. He's like the Dutch Timothy Leary, basically. And everything has to do with the third eye with this guy. He loves that fucking third eye. And he's also the most sane person we will ever know. The modern trepanation procedure is, it's more of like a drilling procedure. We see some clips of, uh, what's that tool called, like a Dremel? Where someone's like Dremeling Yes. Their fucking skull.
1: I believe that tool was called a trepan. Oh uh, yeah. T R E P H A N.
0: Yeah, we see a tool another guy he calls it a, a hand trepan. That's like a crank,
1: like this. Yeah. It's it, just like one of those
0: one of those old drills you find in grandpa's barn. We meet a bald dude. You can see his hole. You mm-hmm. can see the indenture of the hole. It looks like a pretty big one. He did it himself, said he did a T shaped incision pulled the skin back, and drilled himself while looking into a mirror. The brain, if, if you pick any part of your body where you could probably, like, do something while feeling not as much pain, the top of your skull is a is a good example. Is that true? Yeah, because the um, the nerve endings are a lot smaller there. It's not as much as, like, mm. throughout the rest of your body. But that also kind of just proves, because those nerves and vessels are Bringing blood to your brain. That's also like a good reason not to fuck with it. Have you ever gotten like a nick on your head? Like get your head yes. split? And you just start bleeding it like
1: crazy? so much.
0: And that's happened to me a few times. And like I'm not feeling pain really. It looks bad. It looks like you're fucking dying. Because your head will, it just looks like blood. It just starts pouring down your face.
1: That happened to my sister. She fell off of her bike and got a cut right above her, uh, right above her eyebrow. And the whole time she was just screaming like, I love you, dad. I don't want to die. And my mom and dad were like, honey, you're not going to die. It's okay. It's just a lot of blood. But
0: it looks like someone's being murdered. When I was a kid, I had these like cheap metal frames for my glasses. And I was playing racquetball. And uh, one of my like cousins-in-laws swung back the racket. It wasn't racquetball. It was badminton. Swung back the racket and it nailed me straight on the face. And my cheap glasses... Oh, shit. and shove them into like my eyebrow like close to where your sister probably got cut and i got cut there too and it was like a stun but i it didn't really hurt that much we're all just laughing about it when everyone realizes i'm fine but blood just starts pouring down my face i don't realize it at first so i'm looking at my cousins and they're going ha 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 and then you see their face go like <laughs> Oh, fuck. And you're still laughing and like I'm a maniac. And I'm like, what's, what? what's going on? <laughs> and, of course, blood is just coated in my face. A lot of fun. It also happened to me on stage once in this goof-ass uh, improvisational band thing I was doing where we were fake wrestling. Well, it wasn't fake wrestling. We really were. And I pretty much got my face planted into the stage. But apparently there was, like, a bit of a, a nail. Oh, God. And, but it wasn't out so far that i really felt it that much but it was just enough and i stood up and there's blood pouring down my face on stage and the thing is i had like fake blood caplets and people knew i had that because i wasn't very good at transitioning the fake blood to look like real blood so at first everyone was like wow that fake blood looks really good and then everyone realizes
1: oh my god he's really hurt
0: and i i think it took me a long time to even realize that i was bleeding But the show must go on.
1: Damn straight. I wonder if if these gentlemen and ladies have actually had those childhood experiences.
0: I I don't know.
1: They're like, I have not experienced enough head trauma (laughs) as a child. And that's what I'm missing. Maybe it's just part of growing up. They did not have to put in their sack of
0: experiences. We meet a musician just basically like, I want to trap. I'm into it. Uh, another guy, I forget who's. I forget who says what. Like I said, I got just a bunch of quotes. A guy, maybe it's the doctor, said he got trapped in Cairo. I, I'm writing trapped. I think I don't think no one said trapped. <laughs> no, they say trepanned. But I'm going to. I you got to trap it. Yeah, trap yourself before you wreck yourself. This is 2018. There's explanation about the middle part of the bone. It's soft.
1: It feels like you've gone all the way through. Apparently.
0: Yeah, but you really haven't, so you got to check it. Because both sides are hard. Another guy's like, uh, I knew the drill was harmless. And the restoration of the soft spot, your fontanelle, it, it helps your brain pulsate with your heartbeat. You know how, like, yeah, you're a kid, you got that soft spot, and then you get older and your brain more fuses, or your skull fuses together tighter as you grow, And how that occurs naturally in a lot of living things.
1: I wasn't aware that was happening when it was going on.
0: No. No one is because we're all just living our life. It's a natural process.
1: But I do remember losing that sense of wonder. So (laughs) I can see why they would want to get that
0: back. At some point, I felt my brain pulsate less. (laughs) But yeah, that natural occurrence that happens in your biology, it's a flaw. It's a flaw. Nature's fucking up. And you need to get that back. And we meet the New York City girl who was trapped. That's right, trapped after after a car accident. But she says she's less depressed and has more energy, so she seems to be into it.
1: However, she's she's more skeptical than the other people who have done this on purpose because she's like, maybe I'm just still really fucking happy I'm alive.
0: She also clarifies that she was also a pretty energetic person before. Many theories on why this is a good thing. The modern theory. Quotes the 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 pulsing with the heartbeat, the restoration of the fontanel, and that it allows more blood to the brain. Uh, we'll kind of towards the end, doctors start speaking more and and, and kind of break down why things are uh, bullshit. Yeah,
1: they do. That's my whole second page of notes.
0: But a man uh, describes self trapanning I think it's Dutch doctor dude. But he talks about the fountain of blood from the drill. And as we discussed with our stories, how it is a lot of blood in the process.
1: There was several. I believe it was Peter Alverson, uh, the American guy, who said as soon as he took the drill bit out, there was blood everywhere. It shot all over the place. And he had that thought where he freaked out. He's like, oh, my God, what have I done? I'm pretty sure I hurt
0: myself pretty bad. He said he heard gurgling. They all heard gurgling. This was described because the drill's spinning, and it's spinning the blood, like, on the walls. (laughs) And it was described as a 30-minute procedure with four hours of cleanup. Uh, (laughs) Another lady is uh, describing, I just wrote she's really blitzed. (laughs) I also wrote dumb fucking hippies and all caps. (laughs) Obviously, this is not recommended to do at home, said a guy in the park who did it at home.
1: Can I talk about...
0: Please. please. <laughs> can I talk about
1: the after effects? Uh, yeah, go Them on. Them describing their first experience. See, that's what we were missing in American Jedi is the conversion experience. That's what I want to know about. I want to know what brought people here. That moment where like, oh my God, this is the truth. This is going to change my life forever. I'm I'm fascinated by blinding revelations. Even if they're told by dumb fucking hippies. <laughs>
0: Dumb fucking hippies.
1: However, Peter Halverson doesn't seem like much of a hippie. He just seems like a weird guy. He said he, quote, heard gurgling as the brain blood volume adjusted itself. Uh-huh. So there's this suction gurgling, and someone described it as getting the feeling of a cold shower down your back.
0: Bart Hugus. That's your blood running down your anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Just, yes, of course. <laughs> You know, we we probably should approach these with a little more of a suspension of disbelief, but I just can't.
0: (laughs) No, it's a bother.
1: described it as a hot face and a hot feeling all the way down the back, which he believed this is obviously a Western Germanic dude interpreting an Eastern religion, which gets us into shit tons of trouble. (laughs) Yes. He described it as the ultimate goal of Kundalini the hot snake at the back so this is the end point of eastern yoga also he claims that he taught international relations to bill clinton
0: oh right when he was uh, either
1: that or was that joe mellon
0: was that the old guy or the, the skinny guy i can't remember because i didn't write down any names mellon sounds familiar but yeah he uh joe
1: mellon was the guy who wrote the book borehole which i will eventually read
0: yeah he i think he taught bill clinton i think When Clinton went to Yale while he studied to be a Rhodes Scholar. That was Joe Mellon then. I assume he learned how to expand private prisons when he was there too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was just an interesting side note. There's a Bill Clinton connection. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we got some Bill Clinton
1: criticisms.
0: We're not blindly following these politicians like sheep. Dr. Yellow Sweater. Now this surprised me, Johnny. He's he his ideas are rejected by major medical universities. Wow, give a guy a chance. He loves that fucking third eye. And, and he says that uh trepanation gets you high. There's a lady that describes weed and hash, calls them psychovitamins.
1: I adore that word. <laughs> psychovitamins.
0: <laughs> I want to now uh put that word in my everyday vocabulary. But she realized she could not
1: use psychovitamins as a working tool for life. So she wanted to have that all the time.
0: Sunglasses lady (laughs) talks about how gravity pulled blood out of the brain. I'm not sure what contextually she was trying to say there. Was she given like some uh, downsides to drilling holes in your head? I don't know. But Dr. Yellow Sweater, what's his name again? Bart Hugus. Bart Hugus. He says that this is the one important message there is. He's really into it.
1: He really, really believes this shit. All these years later, these all these people interviewed still believe that it's done them good.
0: This is like when people get a degree in uh, studio art and then they go on to uh, work at a, uh, I don't know, a bookstore. And they're like, uh, my degree really helped me uh, know how to read or something? <laughs> Where, like, you can't really admit that maybe you wasted a little bit of time and money at one point in your life. So you just kind of, like, bridge (laughs) that gap in your brain to make sure everything makes sense and that every decision you made was of uh, intense value. Leading towards this ultimate goal. Yeah. The hot snake at the back, you know, like, we're all moving towards our own kundalini. Or maybe a better example is you have a CDR degree and now you're a nursing assistant. It really helped me uh, aesthetically figure out. uh, It
1: helped uh, me learn how to think outside of the
0: box. Yeah, uh, uh, because that's easier than just saying, I pulled out too many student loans. I put myself in extreme debt. I wish I could have done something else. So I imagine these folks who have trepanned themselves. And are now famous for it. Yeah. I mean. They're They're they're, known. Yeah. Nobody's going to be like, this thing I decided to do was stupid because they're 120% in. And there's no going back now. So you might as well just like. You know, if you believe in something enough to drill a
1: hole in your head for that purpose in the first place, it doesn't, it's not likely your mind's going to change anytime
0: soon. Right. I mean, there's probably not that much change in these people's everyday lives, truly, to be honest. Well, we don't know anything about their everyday lives. Like, do they have jobs? Yes, that age old question. <laughs> I think every documentary I've seen, the question, how do you make money? In every single one, how do you make money? It's an important question. A story is told, well, it's like a secondhand story, where Paul McCartney is talking to John Lennon. And John is like, oh, are you talking about doing this trepanation thing?
1: He met Bart Hugus. He was talking to Hugus himself.
0: And Dr. Paul, Dr. Yellow Sweater. And Paul's like, uh, how about you do it? And if it's cool, we'll all do it. But here's the
1: twist. Dr. Yellow Sweater told Lennon not to do it. What? Because he believed he still had his fontanelle. That he said, what you've done with your life shows that you've already got the third eye. Getting a world famous singing group together, writing all these brilliant songs. You don't need to get this done.
0: Well, uh, that's probably the best advice Yellow Dr. Yellow Sweater ever
1: gave. It was great advice, but it makes me wonder what's his definition of spiritual enlightenment. If it's if your definition is John Lennon.
0: Paul points out that he's always been very skeptical, but John was always kind of more about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Secondhand story about the Beatles. We meet Dr. Omaya. We we start to get in the point of the movie where a lot of actual neurologists and maybe brain surgeons are are having, are having talking about this process. They start fucking bringing it. My favorite would be in Dr. Omaya. I love him. He's from India. He references India a lot. Doctors say, well, yeah, the blood flow will increase at first because of swelling, because that's what your body does. There's going to be some clotting, and then it's going to swell out to kind of help protect the trauma that was done to your brain. So, yeah, at least for a little while you will get increased blood flow to the brain. But then what happens is you heal. That swelling goes down. And
1: eventually your brain will reach its own... It'll recalibrate itself. It'll reach its own equilibrium.
0: It's stated by a neurologist that the body will biologically protect the brain, even at the expense of other organs. And he's obviously alluded to the fact that fucking around with any area near your brain is not just a bad idea, but the rest of your body doesn't want to do it. But apparently your brain can't save yourself from your brain. And Dr. Louis Sokoloff said,
1: under normal circumstances, the brain function is limited by blood flow. And that there is no, it might have been the same guy, said that there is no evidence that more blood to the brain means better brain function.
0: More or less is neither good. The amount you have, unless you have some kind of medical condition, is what is perfect for your body as you were born. However, <laughs> yeah,
1: Sokolov also said a trepan brain would reach a new steady state. And however, Hugus claims that in graveyards all around the world from all the ages, all the open sutures, all the skulls that still had the fontanelles belong to doctors. Notaries, generals, captains of industry, always to the top class, never to the bottom shelf or to the lower classes.
0: What What do you think he's trying to say uh, about that? He's
1: trying to say that if you have a hole in your head, you'll be more successful. And apparently being a
0: notary is his version of success. And this is Dr. Yellow Sweater then? This is Dr. It? Yellow Sweater. So it's all about class for him.
1: That was the part where I'm like, you know, usually when people co-opt Buddhism and they co-opt Hinduism when white people do it, they usually disregard the caste system. Yeah. It seems like this guy might have actually kept it.
0: He's like, yeah, the caste system makes sense. Yeah, you're, it's pretty cool. You're a more enlightened, better person if you mm-hmm. drill a hole in your fucking head.
1: So the fact that you could not be an enlightened person it, – it seemed like he was saying that you could not be an enlightened person – in the lower classes. I thought I was going to see a bunch of gross stuff, but I didn't think I was going to hear anything offensive.
0: <laughs> One of the doctors, it might have been Amaya, uh, claimed that treppers confuse transient change nice. for long-term change. They are feeling some effects because they fucking drilled a hole in their head. Maybe you get a little lightheaded. You ever like get your blood drawn and you feel kind of euphoric? I've drawn blood and I felt a little uh, light. In the same way, like when I was 19 and I was doing whippets, you know, the initial change is not representative of a permanent change going forward.
1: No, I mean, there's a moment where I'm sure it would blow anyone's mind where blood's squirting out of your head and then you survive it. That shit's
0: nuts. And that would be an eye opening experience. One of the funniest uh, quotes in this movie was the musician guy who we saw off and on. <laughs> He said about himself, I'm a fairly normal person Mm. in regard to this is why you should listen to me when I'm talking about trepidation. Your skinny, shaggy head and pasty ass. Uh, One of the doctors, the neurologist, he talked about how he did have to do the procedure to a seven-year-old who got hit in the head with a rock. This is an example of where accidental trauma can actually kind of make this necessary to prevent permanent brain damage. But this guy's trying to, like, pull a stone out of the soft spots of a child's head. It's not the same thing. as just this kid's not wanting to trip. You know, he's, he's in pain and the doctors need to do something. Dr. Omaya, he talks about how he once volunteered to be in an MRI for three hours. And he notes, get this, Johnny. He notes that his brain pulsated with his heart the whole time
1: what? without
0: having holes in his skull. Because
1: the part of the brain that connects to your spine comes out through a hole in your skull. That's how <laughs> stuff gets in and out.
0: If you're drilling holes to, say, get demons out, what's to stop them from going back in through the hole?
1: Well, because your your, your scalp grows back oh, over.
0: about you your mouth? It won't go through your mouth. Well, that's
1: why you say tight when you sneeze. Oh, When right. someone sneezes. God bless you. That's so the demons don't come back in. Again, so you either pray or like grow the
0: part back. Did they realize back then that your pores were just tiny holes throughout your skin? I know. We're blowing fucking minds here on Documenteers. One of the ladies who's pro-trepanation has to own up to trepanation for the rest of her life because she got it done. Says that medical science can't explain the expanded consciousness. Now, I love this part. (laughs) There's a lot of things that medical science can't explain. The human brain is, it's a process that we're going to be still learning for a very long
1: time. We've only known for Less than twenty years that the brain can grow cells. By the time this documentary was put out, we didn't know that. From what I understand,
0: and the notion that medical science can't explain this, so I'm just going to assume that this must be right over here. This is what people don't need to do more often. They would make great creationists. If a medical doctor can't explain it, you can't either. You don't know. They don't know. End of fucking story. <laughs> you don't know they don't know that's gonna be our mo from here on out that means you don't fucking know (laughs) but this lady can't just be like well i don't know i know we feel these things but i don't know it is fascinating but i don't know she goes they can't explain it so let's drill holes in our goddamn heads they cannot
1: explain my expanded consciousness in which one of the experts says what's more conscious than conscious oh my god Uh, At least there's a solid cause and effect. You know, you live by a moral code and don't be a hypocrite about it. You'll probably end up being a better person. These guys just, they just drill holes. And that's your, that's your ticket to Nirvana.
0: Dr. Omaya, he talks about, he gives examples of uh, like the mysterious aspects of neurobiology and how the bodies work through uh, yogic meditations. There is examples of yogis being able to kind of, meditate into a state to so where they can survive without food and water for a long period Sometimes of time. be buried alive for a week. But he clarifies that evidence of chemical correlation regarding this procedure, there is no evidence of anything like that. I, I liked him because he was leaving it open for
1: a spiritual experience within the scientific community, just saying we don't know enough about it. He's like, I'm not saying spiritual experience is not real, but From what we've observed in How the Brain Works, we've seen plenty of trepanations, and trepanations has been going on for 8,000 years, and there's more trepanations now than there ever were. However, he said, we're not seeing an increase in Saints and Savants. He's got a point. Yes. Which brings it back. What do, these, what do these people do? Do they have jobs? <laughs> how you, How
0: you make that money? What's their mission? I love Dr. Omaya because he s- explains things based upon evidence that is known. Mm-hmm. He's explaining things that isn't outright dismissing religious claims. He's a scientist. He's not going all Dawkins on for He's sure. a doctor, and he's telling you what is studied and the results of that study. He's not being like, you're an idiot like we are. He's being like, well, this is what I've learned. This is what I've spent all my life studying. Really doesn't make sense uh, what you're saying because based on this. I mean, this is a guy who spent hours in an MRI just to see what his brain would do.
1: He cuts people's heads open all the damn time.
0: Yeah. He knows what's in there. That British show that showed up at the beginning of the doc, the 90s British show where the guy is uh, talking on behalf half trepidation. There is a doctor on that show who very politely, as those <laughs> British people are, says – the process of the benefits of trepanation is not proven valid. Another guy, I can't remember who it is. Is it the guy with the dent in his front, the American dude? Halverson. Peter Halverson. Halverson. I think it's Halverson. I can't be too sure. He says that there should be trepanation on demand. We see, like, a weird campaign poster with a lady on it. I think it was the same lady who made
1: that that video of her trepanning herself in the beginning.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was her. Who... I guess, is campaigning for the medical board to allow trepanation. The doctor on that British show, he would said before, he said it's not proven valid, that he's like, it's a doctor's job to not do harm. And if he sees no medical benefit in something, that doctor is not going to do it. But these pro trepanation people, they want a world where they go to any doctor and say, drill a hole in my fucking head. And they do it. What are you hiding, man? Dr. Omaya, who probably at his snarkiest, says, if you believe sticking colored straws in your ear cures your problems, it probably will. And then he brings up a word that it's not going to be the first time we bring up this word when discussing our corner of the documenteer discussions, placebo. Mm. He points out that all the people who or pro-trepanation that we've seen in this documentary, they have a very similar background from similar cultures in a specific time. American and European white people, really into hippie movements. They're all like around this certain age. They've all been very experimental with like reading about spirituality and drugs. He points out that these people are not a random sample. These people are too similar a type of people to judge their conclusions. It's not like like this police officer got it done, you know. This Baptist police officer did it, and then this uh, this Muslim dude over here he got it done too. It's not a process that they can compare different types of people from different types of environments. These are people that probably all own more than five Grateful Dead CDs and uh, were really into this shit and have tripped balls more than several times in their life, and they're all too similar to to, to base anything that they're saying on facts and these people they probably did get some kind of euphoric feeling from initially doing this to themselves your body might be chemically doing something to compensate for the fact that you're drilling a hole in your head
1: that often happens or you're going to regain life is going to get its luster again you're going to see the world with the (laughs) wide-eyed wonder that you did when you were a kid which was the most interesting thing to me is one people's desire to get out of their heads. To somehow escape how they were made Ooh. or how they turned out. And the desire to go back to a time that, you know, we would call Eden in the Abrahamic religions, that state of original innocence and wonder. That was what kept me watching. One, it's really gross. And two, <laughs> these people, they wanted that. They wanted to go back to a more innocent time. And I found that part fascinating.
0: It seems strange to me. For a myriad of reasons, you hear people talking about the past, about wanting to go back to a point. I feel like for people that I hear, that I respect, that really seem to understand history, they don't talk about history like it's something they want to go back to. Because they understand that history comes in cycles. And while the modern trappings are different, a good historian is is just never going to assume that what we once saw will not come back in some form or another. They don't have this thing that's like, Things were like this back then, and it sure would be nice to go back. And if you find people discussing history with a jealousy, they're coming from it from a very small perspective. Agreed. And maybe also forgetting that things were not always the same way for other races and other cultures at certain points in history.
1: That's where religion often differs from science and history. It's, you know, science explains the how, like how this came about. Philosophy and religion try to explain why, like why this happens. So, beyond history, beyond science, there's this fundamental I mean, I believe it's a fundamental human trait to question, to seek something, to realize that everything around me is going to hell in a handbasket, that things are going wrong. And I want to, however, I believe that humanity is good somehow.
0: And I want to go back to that original goodness. If only perspective could be put in a in a vaccine or something and like injected into people. <laughs> Call it the uh not it's not really about me serum. And they just <laughs> inject it into their veins and they just see the breadth of history yeah. <laughs> and the breadth of uh now that would be a fucked up drug
1: if that was a vaccine i you know vaccine. those
0: hippies wouldn't take it
1: <laughs> melon wouldn't take it no
0: make me, they'll me they'll think it makes you autistic or something um, big pharma man big pharma bro dr omaya's like they believe this will do them good as they're going into the process of doing it so why wouldn't they think it worked in a way we're self-fulfilling their own prophecies i think this this aspect of it does co-align really well with religious discussion in this way. You have this belief that whether consciously or subconsciously, you are perpetuating that belief. So any like prophetic belief or any result that you think is destined by a process of, I don't know, prayer or drilling a hole in your head, you are subconsciously making that happen. Much like, the uh the Joseph
1: Campbell scholar yeah in American Jedi who said i believe it was the woman not the man who said that there is this rite of passage this religious initiation where you believe that if you do this one thing you put all of your bad feelings your bad thoughts the things that you're ashamed about into this one thing and you believe this thing takes it away you go through this process It can be very harrowing, like a trip in the wilderness. And then you come back and you survive it and you get through it. And you have a community of people who who have been through the same thing. That is one of the major appeals of religious experience. And so you're right. There is something very religious about what these guys and women are doing. They're going through a pretty brutal initiation. And afterwards, it's obvious they notice a change at least for a time and it seemed to fill this hole in humanity that seeks blinding revelation the point where it all
0: uh-huh. <laughs> you gotta make a hole to fill a hole bro <laughs>
1: this is some
0: deep fucking shit man <laughs> but it does it fills that it fills that need at least for a second and that's pretty much the end of the movie And we go out on a uh, 90s Euro club beat song about trepanation. This song is called A Hole in the Head. It was made by Cabillo, the director, Derlin and Zambito. It's credited to the band B.E.D. In the end,
1: one of the neurosurgeons says, Is life that boring that you have to (laughs) drill a hole in your head? I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy seemed pretty boring to me. Yeah. However, he made a great point.
0: (laughs) Yes, he did. Is this shit not crazy enough? I feel like we had a better discussion than I thought we were going to have with this one. It is time to raid this. We do not use the star rating. We only accept star ratings on iTunes or your podcast app when you're giving us five stars.
1: Give us five, please.
0: Anything less than five is a personal insult and sacrilegious. And we consider it a a hawking gob to the face.
1: Not gonna lie, though, three is better than zero.
0: That's true. But we gotta go five. No, no, it's all or nothing.
1: (laughs) We love ultimatums here at Documenteers. Yes.
0: We're here to change the world. Now, this film, I'm gonna give this one through five Hertzogs. You're gonna give it one through five Herzogs, then we're gonna combine them for a total out of ten Herzog score. This movie, visually not consistent, it's more of an editing job than a pure documentary that's really following personalities or characters. It had the vibe of like a classic educational kind of film, which I like. I kind of like the dryness of that. You can hit a lot of things on an emotionally different level. And that dryness can kind of help you parse through things that's a little different. I kind of like that about documentaries. Fortunately, this isn't one where the director is injecting his voice a lot into it or anything like that.
1: That's true. They don't even show him
0: asking questions. No. And I don't think this movie needed it. But I got to respect that classic educational vibe. You see a lot of different footage pulled from a lot of different places, from a lot of different points in time. I was kind of surprised at how much conversational mileage we did get out of this. I was kind of worried, like, oh, what, what are we going to talk about after 20 minutes? No, we we made some interesting comparisons and some good analysis I'm not going to really look at this like it's supposed to be some big work of art, something that the BBC would air in the 90s, which might have been exactly what this is. We're not going to traditionally delve into like a documentary hour-long special, but because we're not really sure how this was laid out, (laughs) we'll just go ahead and do it like this. I am going to rate this the way I feel like a good version of something like that would be. I'm going to give it a straight down that easy road three out of five hertz songs.
1: I'm not a stickler for production value. I'm not a huge cinema snob. Obviously, if something's meant to have high production value, I'm totally cool with that. But these sorts of lo fi projects, you've got to grade them on a curve because you're dealing with neurosurgeons here and old hippies. <laughs> You're not gonna you'll get a lot of color out of the hippies. They're pretty interesting people. They're weird cats. You're not gonna expect a whole lot of a whole lot of action from the neurosurgeons. They're just gonna sit there and talk. So I think that what they did was appropriate for the subject matter. It's the kind of production value you would expect if someone was interviewing a doctor. And, you know, if you throw in obvious found footage like the trepanation procedure. In that African tribe. And then that woman's movie of her trepanning herself. I'd say there's a a lot of variation in quality. And that kind of keeps it interesting. It becomes kind of like a collage. And I'm not sure if they were even thinking that high art about it. But grading on a curve. I liked it better than American Jedi. And I gave that 2.5. They represented all sides of the argument very well. That's true. And I've never seen... Turbo science nerds deliver such sick put-downs. Yeah,
0: they really nailed it. They they
1: owned that shit, and <laughs> I loved it. I might give it a 3.5. A 3.5. That said, it's really brutal, and I can't believe I watched it twice.
0: You know, Johnny, I think you are on something. I think you might have convinced me also to add another 0. .5. You're right. I really did appreciate the other angles of it. The scientists had made great arguments. And the pro treppers I think they probably argued for it as best as they could. Yes, but they uh, they just maybe didn't have the breadth of knowledge that a, science, a trained neuroscientist would have. I could not take my eyes off of this movie, as simple as it was. I'm going to add another point five. That and it gives you a sub. It gives you knowledge of a subject that
1: is not commonly known. No, it's not about Heaven's Gate. It's not about Waco. It's not about. You can't say trepanation most of the time.
0: And people know what you're talking about. And people
1: know what you're talking about. This is not widely covered in the first place. So the fact that they were able to delve into that much information and get that much information out of an unknown topic.
0: It's safe to assume that people listening to this episode, it might be the first time they're ever hearing about it. We're glad that you got to hear about it through our filter. You take Johnny's 3.5, you take my 3.5, and you give this educational documentary by Eli Cabilio 7 out of 10 Herzogs. Damn, that's a lot of Herzogs. A fine, respectable score. And folks, thank you for sitting with us. Don't drill holes in your head. Just don't. Keep on trepping. No, wait. Keep on docking.
1: I need that like I need a hole in the head. <laughs> do, 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 do. The procedure is complete. Oh, that was so good.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the club. We have a uh, a hand do, do, over do, here. Do, 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 we do, have goals do, over do, do, here. Do, do, do. The sanest man I've ever met. Please do, make yourself do, comfortable do, do, and be do, prepared to for total, a, total do, 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 euphoria. A potentially dangerous practice. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. Big <laughs> pharma, am I right? Play that song. I'm gonna use the restroom real quick. Oh yeah,
1: go Oh yeah.